Wait a minute. Hear this. Growth Farm Production. This is the Scalable Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenti. And each week, we will go on a journey, a journey that will inspire you, motivate you, and help you be the very best you can be. Our focus will be on mindset, tactics, and the strategies that will enable you to create more opportunities and win more deals. Welcome back to another episode of the Scalable Growth Podcast. I'm delighted to have you join us again for what will be another incredible episode. If you're a first-time listener, I just want to say thank you for stopping by and checking this particular episode out, and I hope you take away enough insight, enough thoughts, some ideas that will help you be the very best you can be. And if you're a long-time listener, thank you. Thank you for always showing up and, and helping us produce some great content because we do this for you. We do this to help salespeople be the very best they can be. Now, this week we have, it's almost Christmas. Can you believe it? There's only a couple of days left. The festive time is upon us. You've probably got some Christmas breakup party. You're probably enjoying a few drinks with friends and looking forward to catching up with family. And some of you might even be trying to close those last minute deals. But the reality is at this stage of the year, closing deals, trying to get your target. If you are, it's, it's very difficult. And for me, my thought on this is at this stage of the year, everything we should be doing is planning for a successful Q1 or planning for a successful January. We should have our sales plan already. We should have our identified our metrics that we need to be working on to achieve success. And if you haven't done that yet, this is a great opportunity to do it. The next couple of weeks, the worst thing that you can do is start 2023. Can you believe it? It's almost 2023. But the, the, the worst thing that you can do is start in a reactive mode. You start a couple of weeks behind the eight ball. You want to be proactive now. You want to start to really think about with everything going on. Yes, the market is tightening up. But this is the opportunity that you have to start to set up the foundations of what you need to be working and building on to make sure next month and the quarter is a success for you. I have spoken to a few salespeople who are trying to close last minute deals and they're finding it hard to get people engaged and because people are you know, going on leave now um, and closing out deals and, and closing out key contracts is probably not in their, their, their highest from a priority perspective. So that's just something to consider. And we need to be considering that when we're planning our, our pipeline and thinking about the activities that we need to do. Often the end of December, start of January is quite slow. We need to forecast for that. We need to plan for that. So this is why you have a great opportunity now because the year's about to click over thinking about those goals, thinking about those plans, thinking about those metrics and start to formulate what does your plan need to look like for you to achieve success. I will do an episode and I'll, I'll drop that in the new year and talk a bit about what are some of the things that you can do to build your sales plan and I'll give some content away to help you do that and make it easier for you to build your sales plan. But let's get to this week's episode. This week's episode, I'm really excited. The whole notion of you know outreach, people talk about outreach, how difficult it is, how hard it is to actually engage with prospects. And the reality is the reason why it's hard because so many people don't take the time to personalize their outreach messages. They don't take the time to do a level of research. They don't earn the right to get the time in their prospects calendars. And there's a term called show me, you know me. This has been, been thrown around. If you're, if you're in the LinkedIn world, you would have seen this term thrown around. That term was coined by Samantha McKenna. And 
She's remarkable. This episode, you're going to find so much value and you might even want to listen to it a second time because Samantha's going to drop some, some insight on what you can do across LinkedIn, what you can do across your outreach to get more engagement. And this is what it's all about. The competitive differentiator for you in 2023 is your ability to show them that you know them, is your ability to go do a bit of research, bring a really valid point of view that want, makes the prospect wanting to know more. That is the definition of, that's, a, that's what success looks like from an outreach perspective. The premise of outreach or the purpose of outreach is not to get them to buy, it's to get some in form of engagement. But why should they engage with you if you've done no research? If you're not showing them that you know them or you're not showing them that, hey, this is the reason I'm reaching out. This is why you should care about X. This is how this is relevant to you. And this is what Sam's going to cover today. So we're going to cover a lot of really good topics. Sam is awesome. Absolutely love her content. Her content, I've used some of her concepts and methodologies to help me be the very best I can be. And I'm so glad I've been able to bring her to help you be the very best you can be. Welcome to the show, Sam. Hi, Luigi. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm actually really excited, but I'm also disappointed. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because I was listening oh, no. to a great podcast the other day with Daryl from the Inside Inside Sales podcast. And I'm like, well, how did Daryl... Who? Who? Never heard of him. He's, he's, he's this unknown guy that seems to be trying to make a uh, make himself known in Canada. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how did he get you on his show before me? So thanks so much for jumping <laughs> on our podcast. You got it. I, you know, I'm here for free, but Daryl had to pay me. It was like a twenty thousand dollar fee. I finally broke, and I was like, "Fine, buddy, I'll do it. I'll be on your podcast." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm all, I'm really excited because I think there's a couple of um, ways this conversation could go today around, yeah. obviously, the agenda, and we'll talk about a bit about that in a moment. But then I just think it's some general, you know, things that sellers can do today to help them become, you know get themselves in a position of winning. And, and I love that frame, right? Because we can't control the outcome, but we can absolutely control what we do to to get to the start line. Um, but okay. before we jump into this topic, uh, yeah, we'd love for you to share a bit about yourself and how you started in this wacky world of selling. <laughs> I, I think I'm much like everybody else that I, I did not dream of being a salesperson when I was small, um, but I fell into sales. I, in 2008, I was part of a company um, and I got uh, I got laid off during the, the 2008 start kind of, of the recession. And I knew the owner of a, a recruiting company, a really uh, successful recruiting company here in DC. And he was like, oh, he's like, I have a great sales job for you. And I was like, whoa, sales. Uh, <laughs> and I remember, I remember turning down the job. They wanted me to work there so much. They were, they were like, what will it take? And I negotiated for a whopping $5,000 more. I'm telling you guys, I think at the time I was an enterprise account manager and I think I had, I had negotiated for $55,000. Very excited about this. I was like, I'm rich. Um, but so that was, that was my start. And then, you know, I think it's interesting that the way that I thought about sales is probably like a lot of people thought about sales or even think about it now that it's grimy, salesy, skeevy, you know, whatever. Um, but in fact, I really think about it like it's it's an opportunity to help people. And um, they have a challenge. They're coming to talk to us for a reason, right? They're on the call with us to solve something going on in their organization. And we have the opportunity to make them more successful or whatever. Um, so it, I think when I changed my lens for that, uh, it really gave me confidence in selling. And then 
from there, I just, you know, I, I, I broke one record after another, always over, you know, hit my quota, rep of the year, rookie of the year, presence club, all that stuff. Um, worked my way to the executive ranks because I realized through a lot of feedback that the things that I did really well were unique to me. They were this, the things that make up Sam sales now that I post about on LinkedIn. Um, so I thought, well, one, I, I think I can scale what makes me a good seller to other people. Yeah. So I want to be a leader Two, I'm almost more motivated by other people's success than my own. I guess I, I probably am more motivated. Um, and then three, just thinking about how do I start to get more of this word out there, which got me posting on LinkedIn, uh, which ultimately got me seen by LinkedIn yeah. um, and then recruited over there. And I think of that final, that was kind of my holy grail working for, for LinkedIn and sales. Um, it was it was incredible. Um, and when I broke my 13th record in my sales career at LinkedIn, I just started to think, you know what, right now I'm making a ton of money for other organizations and I'm only impacting one company or one team. What mm. can I do if I start on my own? And then this journey down Sam sales started about three years ago. Yeah, that's an awesome story. And do you mind sharing with us, you know, you've achieved some incredible success in, in a number of different roles. What were some of the things, I know that you've got that really cool perspective around the purpose of the role, which I think is the yeah. first thing, right? It's, it's having a, it's not about commission. It's not about crushing a number. Um, and I share a very similar view to you, right? It's about making a positive difference in the people that we work with. Um, but what were some of the other attributes that allowed you to achieve success in each role? I think the, one of the biggest things I will say that has been a difference maker is the just sheer act of follow through. Um, so I'll give you just a couple of examples. Um, when I got promoted to net new enterprise sales, I was able to take three accounts with me to give me a little bit of padding um, in my net new role. And I did some, some due diligence on data. I found that we worked with three of the largest law firms in the world, and I wondered why. So I started interviewing them. And in one of the interviews with a chief marketing officer, he said, why don't you go and look at my LinkedIn profile, see who I'm connected to, and then just send them an email and tell them that you're a friend of mine and that they should take a meeting with you. And I was like, what? And I'm like, well, so I think I, I think about this with follow through because I left that meeting. I went to our office and I stayed up the entire night doing that. It also made me realize, you know, how important subject lines were. Mm because instead of burying the lead, I put it front and center. Webinar inquiry from a friend of Jim Durham's, I think was my exact subject line. Yeah. I see the follow through piece on that because I tell people to do that all the time. Go and look at my LinkedIn connections. I have 44,000 followers. There is probably somebody that you wanna to sell to that's connected to me. Ask me for an introduction. People never do it. And yeah. it's such an easy win, right? Um, we, I started a few programs that were really successful that had been tried before at other organizations, mentorship, culture, things like that. People told me it won't work. It's been tried before. I think my follow through is what saw success. I'm not that person that commits to something and then leaves the gym six weeks into the new year. I'm still in there in September. I'm still working at my goal. If I'm going to say I'm going to do it, I'm doing it. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things. If you look at, at the difference between um, the, the super successful, consistently successful top performers, follow through is to their core. They say they're going to do it. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's interesting. That, that, like, it sounds cool. So simple, right? Like when you act, the way that you've just summarized that a high performing sales professional, the attitude, it sounds a really simple thing. Just follow through. And you mentioned, you know, go to your profile, find who you're connected with and then reach out and ask me for an intro, but yet nobody does. And 
Like, why do you think sellers today, uh, because if we look at the data, we look at the some reports, show, or a lot of reports show the trust gap is getting wider. <laughs> you know, um, buyers <laughs> yeah. don't trust sellers. Um, yeah. Less and less, or, or sellers are struggling to hit their quota. So the number is getting harder and harder. We're seeing layoffs. Like there's a whole range, of, and I know that there's a, there's a there's some macro trends happening which fall outside of our control as sellers. But yeah. I'm like you. I also get to work with a lot of high performers that, regardless of the economic environment, they're still excelling. They're still achieving great outcomes. Right. Yep. I look at them and I'm like, well, they've got a really good mindset, the way they position themselves, the way they set themselves up, their follow through. Why do you think many sellers struggle to execute the fundamentals when it comes to selling? I think, you know, I, I just want to go back to one of your, your points that you mentioned, right? How are those sellers are still being successful in spite of the market conditions? And I will just say, right? Those sellers are thinking proactively. They're not acting mm. reactively. So they are constantly thinking, how do I build pipe? How do I build pipe? How do I build pipe over and over and over again? It's maniacal for them. Yeah. You'll see those same top sellers who hit quota. You know, I, one year I hit my annual quota in September, September, I don't know, 16th or something. So I have two choices. I can say, see you guys in January, or I can push the gas to print money this year mm -hmm. and to set myself up for insane success next year. So I think that's one of the things, right? And and I don't know if it's an art, if it's a bit of laziness. I don't know if it's a don't really know how to do this, but I'll tell you for me, I am competitive as hell. I yeah. have a little bit of an ego. I want my brand um, to always be super positive, right? Like I want those, th those that follow through, right? Is part of my personal brand in and outside of an organization. But that competitiveness tells me you give me a goal and I'm going to figure out how to control it and how to hit it myself. And I'm going to hit it faster and harder than anybody else on my team. That to me, my heart's racing. That to me is, is like, that's, that's yeah. who I am. Right. So I think if all sellers kind of take that, that lens and think, I'm not going to rely on anybody else. I can do this. Right. Or to think like it's, it's the end of August right now for, for us, right. When we're talking, if you think, let's say your year ends at the end of the calendar year, if you realize there's just no shot in hell, I'm going to make it right. Start mm -hmm. to think about seven, six months ahead, start to think about what can you do today to build pipe for next next year, for even make sure you get a few more deals in, make sure that that is happening. But if yeah. you know there's no way you're going to come come close to it, start to build that pipeline. I think um, there's a couple of things that are, are kind of um, separating us from being able to, to actually take that action. And one of it, I you know, kind of like you and I talked about earlier, um, is the the access to sales technologies that now just become it's like our, our crutch. So sending emails, I just hit push and then it, it happens, right? And all the emails go out and I don't have to think about it. Or, you know, I'm just expecting my BDR team to drive leads. I'm expecting inbound. I'm expecting mm -hmm. our brand name to bring leads in. When in fact, right, it really should be about us learning the fundamentals of sales, how to write a great email, how to show up to a discovery call the right way, how to look to solve the challenges that our buyers have and play the long game. It's so simple things, right, that can really make top performers consistent top performers. And the thing that I love about that is sky's the limit on what you can make. I mean, yeah. I know reps who make a million bucks a year, right? And 
they're just being proactive all the time about building that pipe. Yeah, I love that. I'm taking notes, right? So a sign of a good <laughs> guest for me, Sam, is uh, I can, I'm actually taking some notes and there's a lot of key takeaways there, right? I think you're right. It's, it's focusing on the controllables and really going, yeah. well, this is my pipe. There's one thing that I can control. It's the amount of opportunities that I put into my pipe. It's, you know, learning this, the fundamentals, writing good emails. I'm not just hitting send on, you know, 500 emails and saying I've done my job now, right? There's so much more behind that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, th I think for, for me, I've never, I've never, I think this will surprise people and I have to put a post up about it one day, but I've never ever been formally trained in any of the sales methodologies that are out there. Yeah. And if I'm being honest, with exception to challenger sale, which I, I think is a phenomenal read and a phenomenal methodology, mm. I think the rest of them are kind of hokey and kind of outdated and kind of garbagey. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm going to get canceled for that. Um, but I think that's that's also where we go wrong. We give a sales rep a 97-point play system that they have to put in place, and they ask this, and then they do this, and then they – and it's – Jesus, it's too hard. So instead, again, think about how to coach reps to make sure that they're coming to the, the, the table, all right, ready to have a conversation, ready to solve a challenge, just being human instead of asking terrible things like, would you be opposed to having a conversation or is the reason you haven't responded because you've been eaten by an alligator? My God, <laughs> um, right? Like that, I think that's also hindering us. Everybody yeah. knows that they have a sales play when inside it, it really isn't that hard. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I'm, I am a big fan of Challenger. I remember reading the book and I'm like, this is yeah. amazing. And I spoke to Brent about this, one of the authors, and it was interesting. It, it, it did create polar opposite sides from an opinion perspective. People either loved it or people hated it. And yeah. I said this to Brent, I said, what I took away from that, and it, it actually helped me land my biggest opportunity um, at the time, was I took away the whole, like, that show me, you know me, that insight-led approach is bringing a point of view. It wasn't about telling my customer or my prospect what you're doing wrong, because I think that's where yeah. it's misinterpreted. <laughs> it was just coming to the table with a level of insight to say, hey, actually, I'm showing you that I know you, right, which I think is the biggest gap when I look at, what sellers are doing today. I coach so many of them. I'm like, nowhere in this message are you actually showing them that you know them, right? And yeah. you're not making it a relevant point of view now because you've just gone in with a generic statement that you're using for another 100, 200 people. So why should they care about you, right? Completely. Right. And even think about that, how you're how you're coming to the table to kind of challenge their perspective. Right. When you bring those insights. Right. And you bring a different mm -hmm. point of view. I think there there are two ways to position that. Right. We can say, like, you're doing it wrong. This is how you should do it, which is never going to fly. Right. Um, or you can say, like, tell me a little bit about why you're doing this. Mm. I'll say this too. Like, I remember one of my first deals, um, a client came to us and said, we want you to do ABC. If you can switch, if you can do ABC, we'll switch to you. My solutions engineer said, why in the hell are they still doing C? They should be doing yeah. Q. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, don't say anything. Just tell them we can do ABC and that's it. And he was like, oh, get out of the way. Right. And so he gets on the call. He's like, you can't, you cannot sell them ABC, ABQ. That's it. I'm like, all right. So he gets on the call and he's like, tell me a little bit about why you're still doing C. And they're like, what do you mean still? And he's like, modern organizations are doing Q. I just love to understand if there's some logic behind C. And they were like, oh, we didn't know we should be doing Q. Why should, why should we be doing that? And we closed the deal. Right. Yeah. And it like it, it opened my eyes, right, to that challenger aspect to like, shit, like we can, sorry, curse. Mm. We can come to the table, right? We can offer a point of view. Insights. Have you considered it 
this way. Modern organizations are doing this. Is there a way why your reason you do it this way? I also think it's very important to read the room. So we were just on a call where our client said, you know, we'd love some help with sequences. Um, we're about to uh, deploy um, HVS under Salesforce. And sorry for any Salesforceers listening out there, but ugh, of a product. And so uh-huh. I said, is there, I said, uh, you know, we're big fans of outreach and sales loft here. Is there a reason why you're choosing that? And the buyer was very determined. This is a solution we're going with and that's it. Yeah. And, you know, we've kind of, we've already decided. And I was like, so we also have to figure out, you know, is this person open-minded to listen to something? Does this person want our perspective on this or are they very firm that this is what they want? And then we've got to figure out how to navigate that situation. That too is yeah. the art of the sale, having a conversation, listening, actively listening, asking questions, right? There's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, But that's the intuition that you talk about that yeah. if you follow a certain framework to the letter of the law, you actually lose your intuition in the sale. And I've often said, sometimes the plan that I've gone in with, the plan that I've spent hours preparing, I just throw it off the table because when I'm in there, something has happened where it's like, I can't stick with this plan no more because there's a stakeholder here which has completely thrown this whole plan out the window, right? And if I stick to where I'm going, I've got to now just pivot a little bit. And and again, you, you know, there are some people that you deal with and they're, They've got an opinion. You can't change it, right? Um, And you just got to educate and hope that at some point you can maybe take them on a journey. If not, we're either going to work together in this capacity or maybe we're the wrong fit here because what you're trying to achieve, we can't help you get there and there's no point us making a promise that we can't, like you said, follow through on, right? That's such a good post that you just said, right? That's something that you should put out on LinkedIn, talking (laughs) about when we follow that plan, we lose our intuition, right? Or that Mm. intuition gets lost because you're you're exactly right. And I I also think that's an opportunity where we have to grow as sellers. You know those sellers that show up to demos and they have a 98 slide presentation and you're like, oh, I'm going to die. But midway, you know, or early in the conversation, you ask a question as an executive leader and they say, oh, I'm, I'm going to get to that, but um, can I just finish my PowerPoint presentation first? And you're like, no, yeah. nobody wants to listen to your stupid presentation, <laughs> right? So thinking about like, how do we use the information? How do we read the room? How do we see what a new executive that's come in, maybe that we didn't expect to be there what they're saying to pivot or drive the conversation. And one last thing I'll tell you, like on that same thing, right? We we were again just on another call today about writing sequences for a client. And when we listened and we really unpacked everything and talked about what we did, I said, what's the ch- can I ask what's the challenge we're really looking to solve here? Um, is it is it writing? Is it getting that over the line? And they said, pipeline. Our sellers are, are, it was a BDR team and they're like, our sellers cannot get enough pipeline. And I'm like, then we shouldn't be focusing on sequences because that's going to be a longer play. That's going to take time, right? That's not going to turn the faucet off and fix our pipeline problem. Here's what will. So coming in with those insights, being ready to, to understand their challenges and then being able to be prescriptive is huge. Yeah. But again, you've just also touched on something that I think is really important and I get this all the time and you probably get when people reach out to us and say, I need sales training. I, the first question I ask is, well, what's happening in your business for this to become a priority, right? Or what's happening in your business for you to now look into this? And yeah. nine times out of 10, it's not sales training they're looking for. There's a problem that's happening in their organization. They think sales training is the fix, right? And often it's not the fix. I often say, well, you can throw some training at this, but if you actually don't change some of the attitudes or behaviors of your people, 
they're not going to, you've got a fundamental issue over here, right? So don't address something on the right when you haven't addressed something on the left, yeah? And this is again where I love what you said, being proactive and going, I work with people like you all the time. I see trends. So it's my job to kind of help you navigate through this process and help you, you know, identify things that you might not be seeing because you're in it. I'm out of it, right? I see things from a different perspective. Completely. And you, I think you, you touched on something so important there, right? I, there's a, a line that I always talk about that we are too quick to trust our prospects. And <laughs> that sounds a little rude, right? But we really are. So if a prospect comes to us and says, the problem, uh, I need, I need sales training. If we're quick to say, I trust you. I trust that you know what you're talking about. Here's how we can help you train. We're going to miss the mark because most of the time to your point, they don't know how to solve for what they're looking to solve for. They just think that they know. So imagine, right, how much more powerful we can be if we say, I get what you need. Can you tell me the goal or the, yeah. the reason, the thing that's driving this need from you? What are, what are we looking to do there? Um, right. And more often, more often than not, we're going to find it something else. Maybe somebody mm-hmm. hires us to be a, a weight room trainer and we find that they want to get to the moon and we're like, Working out, it's not going to get you to the moon, but I know how you can get to the moon. So I can help you with that. Right. It's our, our, just as you said, it's our job to uncover that. What I also love about this, right, is I always say the number one thing we are here to do on a discovery call, somebody has gifted us with 30 minutes of their time is to solve the challenge that they have. If we show up to the conversation to find out what that is, hopefully the majority of the time, it will be something that we do. Some of the time, it's not going to be us, or they're going to be too old, too mature, too big, too young, too whatever for us, right? As an organization, not as a person. Don't worry, I'm not being ageist. Um, but they are, right? So we need yeah. to understand that. We need to qualify or unqualify, disqualify them. But when we disqualify them, I think that part of our job is to find someone or give them a recommendation of somebody that can be a resource to them. Yeah. To me, it's like that trustworthy mechanic. You know, you bring your car in, they're like, we can't help you, but here's someone who can, or you can get it fixed for free mm-hmm. if you go across the street and you're like, well, it just happened. <laughs> They're honest. Yeah. And it's the same thing with salespeople. But that's why I love what Brent's currently talking about right now is around making sense, yeah? And helping our buyers don't have all the answers to the questions that they're yeah. for, right? So, and I've found that, and, and it's interesting when you take that viewpoint where I might not be able to serve you and commercialize this relationship if I help you, and I've, I've had this happen many times, I've, I've connected them with somebody else or I've given them some content to say, hey, I can't help you, but maybe this. Yeah. What They see me as a trusted advisor and then when there is something that I can help them with, they often come back or they always call me as a point of reference to say, hey, you know, I need training in this part. I know you don't do it, but do you know anyone? Absolutely. Exactly. Because they see me as that in, inner circle right? Which I think is that is for me in sell, it's selling, that's kind of, that's kind of the ideal state I want to get to with my trusted network. Because yeah. as we know, referrals, ref, referrals are, they convert at the highest possible rate. Yeah. Doesn't matter, you know, we've seen this time and time again, um, over the, in, in my whole career. So, but I think this is a perfect segue because you're talking about the discovery, you're talking about showing up, um, educating, asking great questions. And there was a post that you did about uh, turning up to a discovery call and not having an agenda. 
And <laughs> I, have, I have a different opinion to that, right? It was really good. It, it, it elicited a lot of good response. There was a lot of comments on the post. We'll actually <laughs> post in the show notes. So have to Some disagreements. Yes, it was good. Um, now, and I think Daryl, this this guy that, you know, not many people know about him, but I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll pop his link in the show notes as well. But Daryl, he, he also shares the view that having an agenda is important. Now, before I share my perspective, talk me through why you think that turning up to a discovery and just having a conversation versus starting with a with a simple agenda is the better way for sellers. I think an, an agenda to me is unnecessary. And here's why. Here's what I think. If I showed up to a call and I set an agenda and I said, here's what I'd like to do today. I'd like to hear a little bit more about you, which I already wrote in the meeting invite that I sent you so you could be properly prepared for this call. I'd like to hear a little bit more about you. Um, I'd like to ask you some questions. Uh, then I would like to tell you a little bit about us. And then if there seems to be a mutual fit, we'll schedule for the next call. How does that sound? We know that that's exactly what we're here to do, right? It's a, it's the the example that I use with the first date. Like we would never show up to our first date and be like, "Tell me about yourself." We'll get some drinks that'll tell you about me, and then we'll decide if we want. No, we already know what we're here to do, right? So, to me, it's unnecessary, and it adds a level of I think um, this is going to sound counterintuitive being a sales trainer, but it adds a, a level of sales process and I think formality that is just not necessary for a first date, if you will, yeah. right? We know what we're here to achieve. And to me, I also think it's like, so we set, we build our rapport, we then set the agenda and then we say like, okay, well tell us a little bit about what's going on in the business. And it's a weird kind of transition where yeah. I've got an idea of how to run that call better, but you, you tell me your, your perspective. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, again, I'm and I'm like you. I send the agenda ahead of time. I put it into the meeting in yeah. the meeting invite, right? I put, hey, these are the three. And I usually keep it to three things because, yeah. especially if you've got sort of half an hour to an hour. Um, now, I, I mean, I am very structured. I do use a structured approach, and uh, it's not a Sandler or anything. I just something that I've I've learned from a few different books that I read. Um, but I like to lead with, I never lead with the whole, tell me about your business anyway, because I come from the, and I've seen the data that if, if they're giving me time, I need to do my research. And, and again, I, I've seen some reports that say, you know, 89% of buyers expect us to know their industry, know their problems and know a bit about their business. Right. So yeah. I haven't got time to educate me on what I can already find out in the public domain. Yeah. So I do that research so that I can actually, when I start asking questions, they're really thoughtful questions and they see that that question is coming from a place of research and already my brand and that rapport starts to, they, it increases, relationship tension decreases because they're like, this person's taking the time to read about my business, read about yeah. what's happening in our industry and asking a question that's quite relevant to me. Yeah. But the way I start most meetings is to say, hey, Sam, thanks so much for, again for taking the time to meet with me today. I thought, as I you know, mentioned on the phone, the purpose of today would be for me to share a little bit of insight into what we're seeing sales orgs um, implement to sort of achieve ABC. Also get a better understanding of what you're doing in this current market. Um, and then we can discuss how we might be able to help and if there's a the next steps. Was there anything else you wanted to cover? So I kind of use that kind of frame up, which is a very simple 30 second. I try to make it not so formal by the way I deliver it. So the way I say it, yeah. um, and usually what they usually say is, 
they give me an extra bit. Yes, I would love to know ABC. I've noticed on your site you're working with HubSpot. Would love to know a bit about that. Great. Um, or they'll say, no, that sounds good. And then we can move into the convo. So that's my kind of way that I do it. And then yeah. I lead with the insight first before asking them a question. So yeah. I lead with insight to say this is what – so it's like a two- to three-minute narrative and then – there's the question behind it because when I lead with that narrative, they start saying, well, actually, I get them thinking about the, uh, something different, right? Um, yeah. And then that opens a conversation up and then I kind of seamlessly move into the discovery stage, which is asking some questions and then we, we're talking about the opportunity, right? So that's my structure. No, you know, I think like, and like you and I have talked about this before too, right? I think that there are so few things in sales that are black and white of like, you yeah. must do this, right? And we were talking about, you must never be late to a uh, meeting. You must never insult your client. I think yeah. everything else is style. It's how, it's also authentic style to how we work. So even if I talk about my framework for a discovery call, it may just not work for somebody else who just isn't that kind of personality. Mm. But I think my perspective is a little different. And I think what I, the way I kind of lead the call, right? Number one, really always think about that Zoom presence. And I say that because, yeah. right? Most of the reps when I join calls, they're like, Sam, really excited to meet you. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm like, I can tell. <laughs> There's not even a smile on your face. So think about the Zoom presence first and foremost. Yeah. Second, that show me, you know me. Building that rapport, making sure there's a good ambiance there, giving them a sense of what you learned about them, either from a personal perspective or about their company, et cetera. I'd be like, I saw you guys are doing this great charity event. I saw you guys you know, just mm -hmm. made this list. That must be so amazing, blah, blah. Just by doing that show me, you know me element, again, on them, company, vertical, whatever, in, in the conversation of the icebreaker, you're saying, I've done my homework, by the way. Yeah. Right there, it's clear. And then what I love to say is, right, when we're, when we're done with that business aspect, to me, there's no agenda and say, you know, like, I'd love to tell you a million things about Sam Sales. Now, if they are an outbound lead, if they show up at their mm. referral, they have absolutely no idea what we do. I need to give them some pillars. Yeah. I'd love to tell you a million things about Sam Sales. Um, you know, what we do with social selling, how we focus on sales training foundations, um, what we work on with sequence writing or LinkedIn executive presence. Mm. But first, I'd love to hear about you. Right. And then when that person hears that, they think like, shit, what? Right. Deer in headlights. They don't know what I want. So I say, I'd love to hear about you. You know, I know you guys are working on this. I know you recently got yeah. your Series B funding. I saw this. Um, but tell me about your team. Challenge to see overall landscape like on your side, if that's OK. Now, to me, that's basically just saying, why'd you show up here? Like, yeah, what do you want yeah. um, in a professional way? And I find that that, to me, not only has asking that question won me deals, right? Like I tagged Megan from Seismic, um, who was like, I heard that question and I knew Sam was our person. Um, yeah. But we always get a data dump. Like the most common response that I get is, what aren't we working on? Okay, so let me start here. And then they just talk yeah. for a while. Just two quick things I'll, I'll say there. I think um, it was great. Like uh, Doug Landis, who I adore, yeah. um, commented on that and um, on that, uh, that note once and was like, couldn't disagree more, right? Like you just falls into your camp, right? Like come with insights, be prepared, teach them something. Mm. Um, and I think for my style, I do show that homework, that those insights that I'm prepared, that I'm an expert in that opening. And then I say, you tell me how to best drive this call and work it from there. 
The other thing to think about, and this is this gets really nerdy on behavioral science, but you think about introverts and extroverts. And yeah. sometimes if we come to the call and we say, this is what I'd like to cover, anything else, we might get an introvert who's like, nope, because yeah. they don't want their voice said or maybe because their boss is on the line, they don't have something that they want to shout out about. So they'll just say, sounds good to me. Um, so I think even just by asking mm. that, we might stifle that creativity. That's really, it's really interesting. I lot, and, and I'm a big, I'm a, I love disc, for example. You know the yeah. the, the socials. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan well, of it. I'm actually just, but, but you know, I, I think something that you've just touched on. Um, you're absolutely right. That style and you, the charisma, and I know it's not about selling ice to Eskimos because I hate that phrase. Like I actually hate <laughs> that you can sell anything to anyone. Because again, I don't believe in. Sell that me button. this pen. Yeah. yeah, but I think what you've just mentioned is even if you are an introvert, because I've seen and I coach some really successful sellers that are not your stereotypical salesperson. They are introverts, right? Yeah. They're very data-driven. They're very analytical, which is something that when I started, it was not, you know, that was not your typical persona of a sales professional. Yeah. But one thing that they do do is they do show up to a meeting and they've got that presence, yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I can see. Like when you talk, you've got presence. You're, um, <laughs> and, and, it, and I have seen it as well. I've been on the end of gong calls and I'm like, you're looking at the wrong screen first and foremost. Oh um, <laughs> uh, you've got a hat on, um, which is look, not, not the worst thing, but where's your energy? Like, you're not, you're not creating energy. You're not slowing down your tone. And I think this is where the art is sometimes getting lost. Like we're so yeah. focusing on, the tools and the tech and, and, and so look, that's probably another episode and, and, um, <laughs> but Sam, I love Wait. this. And I, and one question I do want to ask, cause I know we're, we're pressed for time, but, um, when you do book a discovery call, if you're not connected with the buying committee, say you, you, there's three or four people coming to that meeting for that, that first meeting, are you proactive, and connect with them first so that they can then start to see your content before that meeting. Hell yeah. yeah. I think the the press that we've got, basically everything that we run at Sam Sales is called if this, then that, right? We build a model just to build that process and that muscle. So if you book a meeting with someone, then you connect with them on LinkedIn. If they invite other people to the meeting, then you connect on LinkedIn before the meeting. The yeah. beauty of that, right, with our contacts is just like you said, they get to see our content, but even if they don't, they get to look at our profile, our history, our experience, mm. who we're working for, who we have in common, and we can build credibility in advance. And that is, by the way, a huge key of that discovery call. If I show up and I don't know who that person knows that we have in common or where they've worked, I've done myself a disservice. And I'll tell you, there is one time where I haven't done it. And the one time I didn't do it, the person got on the phone and said, you know, I used to work for On24, right? Which is my previous employer of six oh. years. And I was like, nope because I did not do my homework. I was back to back to back. Didn't do my show me, you know me, it's happened. And I was mortified. So um, always do it. Because the one time you don't, (laughs) it's going to bite you in the butt. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's great advice. And I love that. If this, then that. I love that structure. So, hey, Sam, for me, this has been an awesome, I've I've literally got a page of notes here. I've got a couple of posts that I think I'm going to connect following (laughs) this. Um, yeah, but before we let you go, where is the best place? I know you've mentioned LinkedIn. Is that the best place for them to find you and connect with you, our listeners? Yeah, come say hello there. Um, our website's great, samsalesconsulting.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We pack a good punch every week. Um, you can find all of our events, our women's group, all that stuff right on our website. Yeah, awesome. And full disclosure to my listeners is I have already bought 
um, Sam's Discovery Masterclass. It's great. Um, I might even put that in the show notes so that you can get access to that um, and, and go on there, buy it. Um, but look, Sam, I just want to say thanks for the contribution you make. I love your content. Um, you, and our listeners, once you connect with Sam, you'll love it. Um, Sam posts daily content. <laughs> it's awesome. So thanks for helping our sales profession trying to be the best they can be. Rebecca, thanks for having me. Great to be here.